Hi everyone, the complex PTSD guy here. I'm going to do a topic today that I've I've really wanted to do for a very long time, and apparently I've just never really gotten around to it, but I think it's hugely significant in relation to some of the movies and shows I've talked about recently or done reviews of. Um, it definitely relates to complex PTSD and trauma, which is what this podcast is about, complex PTSD. The title of what I'm going to talk about today is Turning Into Your Abuser, with a question mark on the end. Don't let a thoughtless teacher fool you. And I'll get into what a thoughtless teacher is. Um, I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist. I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD and I'm sharing my own ideas and experiences. You may have noticed I also used to do a lot of shows where I would include music in the background. That was part of the podcast layout. Um, I stopped doing that only because I I was kind of curious as to whether you can maybe hear me better if I don't have that music going on. I know sometimes if I listen to something and there is a little bit of music in the background, it's a little distractive. Other times it can be kind of um, relaxing, depending on what your topic is. So if I do a topic about meditation or something, you know, maybe I'll play that music because I, I do like the balti music that I play. Um, anyway, back to the topic. Um, so I'm going to discuss a topic that I'm not sure I have really delved into completely before. I have personally seen this happen, this topic I'm going to discuss. I've seen it happen to several people in my lifetime, and I've definitely seen this in shows and movies over the years. I'll be discussing the process, what I refer to as the shift, of when a person who is abused growing up turned into the abuser themselves as an adult. It doesn't have to happen, and it doesn't always happen, but it, I have seen that happen. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to list a variety of reasons why I think that happens, and this is my list. There's technically three points here. Another point, I'm not going to include it as a fourth point, because it goes along with the first one. So the first point, a variety of reasons why I think this can happen, where the abused person turns into an abuser, one is language. Do you speak the language of abuse? And are you entangling yourself with people who were abused as well? And are they giving in to abusers in their own adult life? And are you setting yourself up to be abused as an adult? So I'm going to give an example. So the movie I, Tanya that I did a recap of, a review, that's exactly what happens. She's physically and emotionally abused by her mom. And what happens? But she's not even out of her teen years, and she ends up with an abusive person who she's, that's how she was raised. So that was the language she spoke. She knew the communication of an abuser, and it was familiar to her. So she ended up with this abusive husband. Um, another thing that goes along with language, and I think it's a very separate category, it's not my second point in this, this is just part of language, is communication, and this is a huge, huge thing for me, and maybe it is for you too if you have complex PTSD from your upbringing. I've talked about this a little in the past and how, you know, if your memory skills, your cognitive abilities are impacted from your complex PTSD from youth, it can kind of trigger that incompetence feeling, which I've talked about so much on here. Um, it can make you feel like you're not quite sure what's happening. Um, so in relation to communication, so 
one thing I'll point out is the way someone communicating with you, is it not making sense to you? So I've dealt with this numerous times in my past. So my the first relationship I was ever in, my first serious relationship, which was my first relationship, um, I didn't know it at the time, but the way that they were communicating with me, one, it didn't make sense, but I didn't know at the time that they had issues of their own that were a lot bigger than I realized. And I think I pointed out on the past on this podcast that it took other people to point that out to me. So after we had broken up, we were together for like a year when I was 19, 20. And after we broke up, I ended up dating somebody different about a couple years later. And my ex from my first relationship, I don't want to say that they got jealous, but whenever me and the person I was with, the new person I was with would go to like a local bar or, you know, we'd be doing something, my ex would show up. And my ex would be all dressed up in like the nicest outfit you've ever seen, trying to almost be like impressive. And they would um, sit there at the bar we were at and they would uh, watch us. And the person that I was with at the time and their friends saw that and they were like, why are they just sitting there looking at you? Like, why are they watching us? And it was really obvious. It was really obvious. Um. And so they they told me, you know, we think something's wrong with that person. Um, And so I never saw that when I was with them. But whenever I was with them, their communication skills were very, like, very gaslighty, you know, gaslighting, which at the time I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant until years later when I saw the movie. Um, But an example of something that they used to do whenever I was with them, this was the first relationship, they would say, you know, let's meet for somewhere for dinner at six o'clock. And then you'd be there and you'd wait and then they'd show up at like 6.30 and they'd say, I told you it was at 6.30 and I'd be like, no, you didn't. You said six. And this was like before texting. Um, so you didn't really have a text to prove it. Um, and so that was like an easy way for them to make you feel kind of crazy or like they were in control. Um, and I didn't know at the time that that's what that was, but that is what that was. And like I said, it took people to point that out to me. Another example that's more recent, um, and again, this goes back to communication. If a way someone's not making, is communicating isn't making sense, in my personal opinion, just get away from that person. Um, so if someone's very inconsistent in the way they communicate, like if you know, you're know you texting or communicating with someone and all of a sudden like they just kind of disappear um, and then they come back, you know, They don't communicate like a a normal person. Let's just say that. Um, Just get away from them. Anyway, back to the the point here. Um, My second point in relation to reasons why I think a person abused can turn into the abuser themselves. Look at um, the environment you're in. This goes hand in hand with language, but a few clues to watch out for when it comes to environment. If you are around other people or in your own environment, if there's any form of neglect going on. This could be in the form of drug abuse, which by the way, alcohol is a drug. Um, So if you drink, it's drug abuse. This could be someone not taking care of their health the way they should. Um, This could be someone doing anything that is self-destructive. There's a lot that can fit into that category. This could also be neglecting your own emotional well-being. And a lot of this could be not having 
your own priorities in line. So if you're around, you know, close friends or acquaintances where their environment is neglectful, that's one clue. Another clue in relation to environment is the households or your own household that the people that you engage with, is it not clean? This might sound superficial, but cleanliness is a sign that someone cares about themselves and is paying attention to things that need to be routinely taken care of. And by clean, I mean more in the sense, is it dirty? Is it gross? You know, if you're in a household and there's obviously bugs, you know, grossness, mold, mold on the food in the refrigerator, um, those things, those are clues. Um, So if you notice this with people that you're engaging with, that's a clue that they're neglecting themselves or neglecting their environment um, if it's gross like that. One more clue related to environment is their hostility in the environment that you're putting yourself in. Is someone embarrassing you or do you not feel heard or do you feel talked down to? Is there rudeness going on? These are environments that are signs of abuse. They're red flags. This is my own opinion, and I'm going to give a real example. So when I moved back, I won't say what state, but anyway, um, I was living with somebody, actually two people, and one day when I came home, one of my roommate's friends uh, was very rude to me. I, I never met this person, and they were just completely rude. And I was just thinking, wow, like this person doesn't even know me, and they are rude as hell. That's a red flag. Um, that's a sign of, again, neglect. It's a sign that there's abuse somewhere around the corner. Get the hell out of there. Just just get away. So if you notice hostility, embarrassment, uh, being talked down to, or rudeness, those are red flags. That's all related to environment. My third point in relation to people who can turn into abusers based on kind of what's going on in their world, um, and this ties in with language and environment, Um, This is my last category. Are there no rules and no boundaries? That's a huge red flag. We can believe we can make up our own rules in life, but I am here to tell you that is straight up delusional. And if you engage with people who have no boundaries or no rules, you will see that this will catch up to them in the form of law enforcement coming in or some type of consequence showing up in their life. Like maybe they get fired or something. I think if someone is raised with very strict rules, or, and this is really important, or rules that come with abuse, it makes you want to be the opposite because abuse or unjust actions came with those rules. But don't self-destruct because an abuser taught you wrong. That's a big dilemma for, I think, a lot of people who self-destruct. They think rules are enforced by bad people. And this is where we get to this concept of a thoughtless teacher, And don't let that thoughtless teacher fool you. For example, um, if you're abused by people who are hugely against alcohol and they are sober, you know, they don't drink, it may make you want to drink a lot when you grow up because those who abused you were sober, so you relate sobriety to abusers and that lifestyle. So you may surround your self with friends who are loving and fun and they drink all the time not the best thing to do because, again, alcohol is a drug. You may even become sober as an adult, so you may not drink, and you may turn into what is called a dry drunk because you resent being sober due to the abuse from your past, and you may only think that you have fun when drinking. Don't fall into that trap or that mindset. So I came up with this 
my own term for this, when a rule is taught to you growing up but an abuser abused you while enforcing the rule, this is what I call thoughtless teaching or a thoughtless thoughtless ter- teacher. It's also cockamamie, or you could say there's like a dictionary term related to the same thing called all wet. So I'm trying to be lighthearted here and just throw in kind of funny terms because um, I think it helps to kind of laugh at certain things like this. So I I came up with the term thoughtless teaching. If an abuser is abusing you while enforcing a rule, and that rule might actually be a good thing like sobriety, the person who is abusing you is actually engaging in thoughtless teaching because they aren't thinking of the consequences of what they're actually doing. They are being irrational in their approach, the abuser is, because the way they are teaching you is counterintuitive, counterintuitive. It will have the opposite results, or you turn into an abuser yourself, because the only way you grew up understanding sobriety was through a thoughtless teacher. I like to say an abuser teaching you something is all wet and a cockamamie approach. Let's laugh at how ludicrous it all is. Of course you can be sober and not be an abuser. That abuser who did that to you was just unwise. They were not a teacher who had been taught correctly. They were a thoughtless teacher. This actually ties in well with the next movie I'm going to recap. I'm not sure exactly when I'll do this. I need to rewatch the movie. Um, I was going to read the book, and so the, the movie I'm talking about is Flowers in the Attic. Um, but I'm not a huge reader. Um, I'm, I'm a watcher. I'm a visual learner. Um, there's also an extended version called Petals in the Wind. I will say I kind of looked up the book online today just to kind of get the plot. The book is, I think, a bit different than the movie. I'm going to do the movie. The book um, really shows the dysfunction that can come from being abused, as is um, Flowers in the Attic and Petals in the Wind. And Petals in the Wind, it goes into, like, the daughter wanting to get revenge. Don't try and get revenge. Um, that's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Um, and I'm not going to go into to that. I'm going to go into the movie version, which I think is much healthier in the way um, the children approached it. Um, anyway, um, so I'm going to recap flowers in the attic. So one reason I want to do flowers in the attic is because the grandmother is a huge rule enforcer, but she's abusive as hell. She's a thoughtless teacher and her daughter, the mother in the movie turns into her. That mother's teenage daughter manages to break the spell, in my opinion, and she sees that it's all abuse. And she stands up to the mother in the end of the movie, and she shows everyone what's been going on. So the granddaughter shifted away from that mentality. That's what I call the shift. You shift one way toward healing yourself. Or the other uh, shift that you can go in direction is self-destruction and turning into the abuser. There's only two options. Self-destruction and turning into an abuser are equal to one another. They are both bad for you in the end. The only answer is really self-healing. In this movie, Flowers in the Attic, a lot of it had to do with money. Um, The mom was desperate for money because, again, she was taught by a thoughtless teacher, her own mom, which is the grandmother in the movie. Um, She wasn't taught how to take care of herself, and she fell into a money trap where she was then dependent on her abuser, the grandmother, to take care of her, and in the process became just as thoughtless of a teacher to her own children. It was all wet, and a cockamamie approach that in the end didn't benefit anybody. You know, I really feel like they should teach this stuff in school. 
like how to kind of survive life um, when it comes to stuff like this. That's my own opinion. That's most of what I wanted to share for today. This is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.